Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, Nana to 10, and 30-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of three books, soon to be four, The Unhurried Homeschooler, The Four-Hour School Day, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. My fourth book, getting ready to come out March 5th, is called Raising Boys to Men, a simple, mercifully short book on raising and homeschooling boys. I'm super excited about this book, and if you would like to stay updated on Um, the freebies that I'm going to be giving away as we approach launch day and all of that, I would invite you to subscribe to my email list. And when you do that, you're actually also going to receive free access to Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is the devotional that I mentioned that I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms. You need to use the link in the show notes in order to get free access to that. But I invite you to do that and um, and join me as we get ready to launch this new book. We know that moms of boys struggle to understand them. And I am the same as every other mom out there. I struggled at times to understand my boys and I have learned so much over the years and now being a mom to boys for almost 30 years. So I hope you'll stay connected with me and check that book out. I'm also going to leave a link in the show notes for you to just go look at the cover of the book and see some little excerpts from the book and some pre-reader quotes. So some moms have read the book already and they have left their comments. And so those are there as well. I'll leave that link for you to use as well. Now, I love to always make sure that I share one of my favorite math resources, and that's CTC Math. You know, sometimes we feel limited by grade-specific math materials, and sometimes we wish our child could revisit earlier lessons or jump ahead when they're ready, but the not-so-secret gem that I've run across I mentioned earlier, is CTC Math, where boundaries and learning simply don't exist. With a single subscription, you gain access to all lessons across all grade levels from kindergarten right up to 12th grade. Now, imagine the freedom. Struggling with a concept? Jump back a grade for clarity. Ready to advance? Forge ahead. Perfect for homeschoolers, but also perfect for after-school tutoring or anyone wanting to truly master math at their own pace. Unlock unlimited potential with CTC Math. You can dive in today at ctcmath.com and redefine your educational journey. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that to make it easy for you to go check out CTC Math. Now today I want to talk about whether or not it matters if we can afford expensive curriculum. The real question we're asking, I believe, sort of that underlying question, there's always that initial question, and then so many times there's like another layer that we're not actually realizing. The real question, I think, is will our kids' education suffer if we cannot afford expensive curriculum? So I want to tackle that topic today and maybe um, waylay some misconceptions, some stresses for you when it comes to um whether or not we can afford expensive curriculum. But before we dive into this topic, I want to share a very important second resource with you, um, and that is heritage defense. You know, we live in love as believers. We live in love, not in fear. Um, But the possibility of being falsely reported to CPS is a real concern, especially in light of unexpected situations like what happened to my family. And I'll leave a link in the show notes if you want to hear that story. But what if there is a situation with potential risk that has not yet materialized? 
Is there a law you are concerned about that you'd like to understand better? You may not need legal representation, but legal advice would be extremely useful. Christian homeschool families can experience this peace of mind by joining Heritage Defense. Members can schedule free consultations with Heritage Defense attorneys to receive expert advice in these complicated situations. Find out more to apply for membership at heritagedefense.org in the show notes. And I will tell you, it is a very budget-friendly membership. So I'll leave a link in the show notes. Like I said, please go check them out. And also, please listen to our story if you haven't. I'll leave that link in the show notes. Now, there are, as we all know, countless curriculum options out there for homeschoolers today, which is, you know, it's great on the one hand, but man, it can be overwhelming on the other. Now, many of us are living on very real budgets, and it can feel... um, We can easily feel guilty about not being able to afford expensive curriculum. So today, I want to bring encouragement to those of us who cannot afford expensive curriculums, but also those who can, but I'm just going to tell you, you might not need to. I know that there are some wonderful curriculums out there, and everybody's everybody's level of what expensive is, is different. You know, our perspectives are all different, probably according to our income, our exposure to curriculums, availability, things like that. So you'll have to gauge things accordingly. But, you know, just like everything, moms, I'm going to encourage you to pray over this situation. I do not believe that homeschooling should break your budget. It should not be a burden on your backs financially. And I think that as women of God, as we're becoming wise women of God, and we're learning to be like the Proverbs 31 woman who laughs at the days to come because she knows her family is well cared for, that doesn't mean she's gone out and bought all the expensive things. I believe it means she's a very, very good steward of what she has been given, and she is prayerful over every single area of her life, including curriculum purchases. Now, this can also become an area of confrontation or disagreement with our spouses, and I really, really, really encourage you, if your husband is feeling strongly about not spending past yay amount of money, this is your opportunity to submit to his leadership and to, you know, obviously you can tell him your concerns. You can tell him what you think and how how you feel about it. But at the end of the day, we need to trust God that he is the one who is going to bring us exactly what we need. And I think there is actually freedom in having a budget because it gives us an opportunity to watch God work. So I mentioned earlier about, you know, all of us moving toward becoming wise women of God. This is one of my main goals in 2024 for the podcast is to move all of us toward becoming wiser women of God. This is what we need, moms. We need wisdom. We don't need money as much as we need wisdom. We don't need material things as much as we need wisdom. And God is very willing to give that to us as he tells us in James 1 when he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That man or woman, woman should not think that she'll receive 
anything from the Lord. She is unstable in all she does. And that's what we don't want to be. We look at the Proverbs 31 woman, we think about a wise woman of God and we see stability. We understand that there is a deep trust in the Lord for every single facet of our lives. And again, this is not something that I don't I don't believe we acquire it across the board in our lifetime, but moms, we want to continue to move that direction. And we have so many opportunities to do that as mothers, as wives, as homeschooling moms. It's it's a beautiful beautiful thing and the the difference comes when we when we feel this pressure and then we respond to it. Do we respond in fear or do we react? Do we react in fear? Sorry, do we react in fear or do we respond in faith? Those are two very very different things and God calls us to respond in faith. He is using um, our lives as wives and moms and homeschooling moms to sanctify us, to deepen our trust in Him. And that includes curriculum. So one of the things that I've realized after my many, many, what, over three decades of homeschooling, that this I, this one particular thing just stands out to me when I think about a lot of things. But specifically curriculum and whether or not it's expensive and whether we should purchase expensive or not and what does it need to look like. What I have realized is that more often than not, simpler is better. So in my book, The Unhurried Homeschooler, I shared how we started our homeschooling in a very unhurried way. You know, little ones really do learn better by doing. So we didn't introduce any kind of curriculum until we knew that our little ones were ready for it. And that was actually typically not until they were six or seven years old, sometimes even a little bit later. But even then, when we started out kind of moving them slowly into book work, when we felt like they were ready... We started out slowly and simply. I purchased simple workbooks from Walmart or Costco. There was no need for anything fancy. And honestly, there wasn't much more than that available at the time when we first started, especially. But now, you guys, you can find things online for free. All your kids are learning in those early years. They're mostly, we're working on character. So that is not a curriculum-based thing. That is a life-based thing. We want to instill and and, um, solidify a solid character in our kids. And so much of that happens in those formative years. And so that's where the, the, the bulk of our homeschooling should be and should be focused. We can be reading out loud to our kids. We can be asking them questions about what we read. Right there, you are doing reading. You are doing comprehension. There's auditory processing that has to happen there. There's a whole bunch of things our kids are learning by simply reading to them and asking them questions and maybe having them draw a picture of their favorite part of the story or tell us in chronological order. And so we're going to tell them, we're going to have them retell the story back to us. What happened at the beginning of the story? And what happened after that? And what happened after that? And they're having to think back and pull that information out and 
verbalize it. And so those are all very, very strong pre-language practices. And so there's really no need for us to get all crazy with a bunch of curriculum. Simply print some things off online where they're learning to write their letters and their numbers. And once they have those down, then they can start putting small words together. And eventually, when they're able to put a sentence together on paper, they can write one sentence about what they read or what you read to them, and then two sentences, and then three. And then the bulk of our language arts throughout all of our kids' growing up years was simply reading and writing a summary. And this is where we can get a little caught up and hung up with expensive and complicated curriculums. Now, I'm not saying that the way we did things is a good fit for everyone. We supplemented off and on um, the summaries that I had the kids write. But overall, that was their main language arts throughout the years. And you know, it's interesting because they can learn so much from just that. So as they write, let's just let's just picture they're, you know, maybe 9, 10, 11 years old, and now they're, they're doing a, a paragraph or two. And every single day, I would sit down with them after they had finished that, after they finished all their schoolwork, I would go over it with them. And I would go through that there are a couple of paragraphs and we would look at it and we would I would read it out loud to them and I would read it exactly the way they wrote it. So if they spelled a wrong a word wrong, I would say it just the way they spelled it and they would be like, "No, no, no, that's not what I wrote." And I was like, "Yes, that actually is what you wrote. How do you think you should spell that?" And then we would maybe go then we would go through it again. So we'd go through first for content, then we'd go through for punctuation and spelling and all of that. So as I'm reading it, I could say to them, "Do you hear a pause here?" Should there be a pause here? What is a pause? Oh, it's a comma. And so that's how my kids learned how to write. And the interesting thing is, fast forward many, many years later, our daughter, who's 21 now, told me several months ago that when she goes to study scripture, because she loves to study theology and study the scriptures, she, when she, or when she reads something that's teaching her something somewhat in depth, Um, And even if it's not, and it's something she wants to remember, she summarizes what she wrote. She goes, mom, that is the most valuable thing you taught me because now I know how to read through something like that and summarize it and write it down and then I can remember it. So that is how God led us. That's one of the ways that God simplified our homeschooling. And I'm throwing that out there as an example because our God is so faithful. We do not need to fuss or be upset because we can't afford expensive curriculums. There's some pretty great stuff out there. And I'm not saying that if you can afford it, that you should not buy it. I'm just saying that maybe you don't have to. You know, my husband taught us, um, taught me early on, he's very much a, a good money manager. And I'm more of a little more spontaneous with my spending And uh, I was still careful, but still a little less thoughtful. And when we were first married and trying to stay on a budget, one of the things he said to me um, was this. He he taught me about opportunity cost. I wanted to purchase something and I was like, it's only like three bucks. And he goes, okay, that's fine. You can buy that. But that remember that that is the same as a latte. Well, back then it was the same as a latte. Now it's more like six bucks. But you get the point. If I spend it in one place, I can't spend it in another. So if I'm careful and I'm a good steward 
of what I spend on my curriculum, there could be extra funds left to do something else like karate or some other opportunity that comes up throughout the school year. So again, it is not necessary to purchase expensive curriculums. Every now and then, maybe it is, maybe it's worth it and you have the money and praise God, what a blessing to be able to do that. But the question today that we're addressing is what if I can't afford expensive curriculum? I think one of the main things that we need to keep in mind at the forefront of our minds is do not forget that real learning does not happen apart from real life. Real life is the best teacher and costs nothing. It costs nothing. My husband says this to people all the time when they worry about whether or not they're qualified to teach their child. He's like, look, you're a functioning adult. You are functioning in the real world. You're paying your taxes. You're paying your mortgage. You're going to work. Um, you, You know how to fix things or how to make sure things get fixed around your house. You know how to mow your lawn. There's all, there are all these things that you know as an adult. And he said, if all you did was teach your kids everything you know, they would know far more than the average adult. I love that. This is how important real life learning is. We cannot throw that off to the wayside. We can't let ourselves get caught up in the, sometimes it's a marketing scheme, often it is, um, to buy this and buy that. And the other thing that can become very tempting is we get bored with our curriculum. We get bored with it. We're like, well, it's just, I just, you know, pretty soon, maybe it felt like enough to start with. You're like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna keep things fairly simple. This seems doable then we get bored with it and it becomes mundane because we're, we're plotting moms. That is most of what we're called to as homeschoolers, as moms, most of our days are going to look and feel like plotting. But I am telling you right now, I'm that mom that's way down the road and I'm telling you faithfulness in the little things, that continual faithfulness in the little things, are that is really Those are really the big things, okay? Um, So here's the question that I have is, we live in an affluent culture. And so it makes sense that we would equate money with success, right? And that's actually the question I wanted to ask. Why do we equate money with success? Why do we assume that if a curriculum is expensive, it will help us be successful in our homeschooling. Are expensive curriculums really better than less expensive or free? Why would we think that? I think it's because our thinking is somewhat culturally influenced. We are informed by a very, very heavy, heavily marketed. We're marketed constantly. You can't even put gas in your car anymore without there being commercials on the screen while you're gassing up your car. it's We are oversaturated with marketing. And so I think that's something we really need to bear in mind that God, his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. And he knows so much better than we do what's best for our kids. So I think what's really key when it comes to curriculums is how do we use them? Are we using them in a beneficial way for our family in a way that works well for our families. You know, sometimes we buy a curriculum and we think we have to do all of it. We do not. 
Do the parts that work and don't use the parts that don't. You have freedom to do that. Also, if you're using freebies, you can, well, excuse me, if you're using inexpensive supplements or inexpensive curriculum, you can use freebies to supplement that. So you're actually adding to the value or worth of your inexpensive curriculum by adding the freebies to it. Um, And you guys, again, there are so many freebies online. Also, there are unit studies that can be reused or used across multiple age levels. And um, some of my favorite ones are Treehouse Schoolhouse. Um, I think it's called Schoolhouse Treehouse or Treehouse Schoolhouse. I'll leave a link in the show notes. And the other one that I really love is um, I actually did a podcast interview with Rebecca Spooner from Gather Round Homeschool. Many, many families have found great joy in using that particular unit study. She has so many different options that um, basically you can, whatever your child is interested in at the time, they can do pretty much all of their learning from that interest. She, she, gives that to you. You know, we don't have to come up with this anymore. So many homeschooling moms have done it for us. And so I love supporting homeschooling moms who saw a gap in curriculum and and filled it. And so I'll leave a link in the show notes for that as well. Again, remember that simplicity also can be super helpful to leave margin for our kids to explore the bits that they find interesting. We need to make sure that we have margin in our days. We want them to be able to take a bunny trail uh, towards something that's interesting to them. Maybe it had to do with what we learned that day. Maybe it didn't. But if you've got your schedule so jam-packed trying to use up this expensive curriculum, you're not going to probably allow for the time that is needed for your kids to really explore some things on their own. So again, dialing it back and keeping things simple allows us that margin and that freedom to be able to notice that one of our kids has taken an interest in something specific and and kind of walk alongside them as you look for some resources and information out there. You know, there's YouTube, the library. Um, Again, there's so many great resources out there that are absolutely free that allow us to teach our children well. I say all the time, if you, if there were ever a time in history that we could homeschool our kids, it's now. We have access to so much. But again, we need to make sure that we are stewarding it well. So pray for the right thing. Pray that God would give you what he wants you to have. And I have a little story to tell you about that. When all my kids were probably eight and under, and I nine and under, I had six at the time. I wasn't, we really were kind of strapped for money. I really didn't really honestly didn't want to get bogged down in a bunch of curriculum searches. And so I just prayed. I said, Lord, I have my hands full with all these little ones. And a lot of our our, our learning and our education is centered around just keeping the house in order and keeping diapers changed and toddlers fed and all of that. And the kids helped me with that. The older ones did. And I did not feel guilty at all for that. And you know what? They learned so much from that. But my point is, I did want to know what should I use for homeschooling? We don't have a ton of time because life, our, just our life 
takes up a lot of time, but I do want to make sure that we keep moving forward. And then out of the blue, I was at a yard sale and I saw this set of books that just sort of covered a little bit of everything. And I immediately, I was like, there was this just feeling of peace that God had brought exactly what I needed. And I didn't need to look anywhere else. I didn't need to wonder because I had been praying about it. I was mindful and aware of when something showed up. And that's my biggest encouragement to you. God knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what your kids need. So pray for the right thing and then pray over the right thing. So Pray for creativity and direction on how to best use the curriculum with your kids. Sometimes it's an experiment. You know, we pray for this, but then we need to dive in and just experiment with it and see where God takes us. And this is a wonderful way to let God lead us in our homeschooling. I remember at one point, I was just at so much peace with how how we were doing homeschooling. Everyone seemed like they were just humming along. There was peace in our household. We had just the right amount of things going on in terms of what we were doing bookwork wise and the kids' free time. And all of a sudden, I have this horrible thought. What if somebody were looking in at me? What if there were cameras in my house and they were watching me? What would they say about my homeschooling? And immediately, all this condemnation and this heaviness came on me. And I immediately thought, they would think I wasn't doing enough. They would think that my kids were going to fail. I was going to fail. They were all gonna be losers. And you know what? Right after that, I prayed about it. because I was like, Lord, I don't wanna lose this great peace that I have. And I, I just, I know that that's from you. What do I do with this, you know? And I was just reminded of the loaves and the fishes and how Jesus looked at the disciples and pointed out to these thousands of people and said, feed them, right? That is an impossible thing to ask, right? And sometimes we feel like homeschooling. God is saying, homeschool them. And we're like, what? You want me to what? (laughs) And it feels impossible. And maybe it's not every day that it feels impossible. Sometimes it's just one day a week it feels impossible or one day a month. But you've, you've had that feeling. I know that's familiar to you. And... Um, And then what happened after that? Well, the disciples explained why they couldn't do what Jesus was asking them to do. And he looked at them and he said, bring me what you have. So God isn't asking us to bring what we don't have. He's asking us to bring what we have. So whether that's our energy, whether that's our finances, when it comes to purchasing curriculum, Jesus is saying, bring me what you have and I will multiply it and make it more than enough. Moms, he is a good God. He is a wonderful provider. And you know, maybe, maybe God is wanting us to remember the importance of having margin in our days. You know, our kids had every afternoon for two to three hours we, there was independent time. They did lots of different things. Sometimes they painted. Sometimes they, the girls would like to write or read or draw. Um, but often they went outside and specifically the boys, they love to go outside and build things. Well, at one point they were all outside and they were playing in this rock. We had a bunch of rock outcroppings on our property and they, they just kept coming in 
you know, they'd come in for snacks or to use the bathroom. And I'd be like, what's, what are you guys doing out there? Because this is typical. They would, they would be outside. And whenever they came in, I would be curious what they were doing and just want to hear all about it. And they loved that because they felt like what they were doing was worth, worth listening to. So they would tell me, and sometimes I would hear about the, around the dinner table. Well, what had happened is over the course of time, they had created this civilization out in the rock rock outcroppings. There's a book that is a similar tale and it's called Roxaboxen. And I'll leave a link in the show notes to that. But it's the same type of storyline that that our kids did. And we had never read the book. I don't think the book even existed back then. But basically these kids had created this civilization out there where they each had their roles in the society. They had their property, their property lines. They had law enforcement. They had a little store. They had their own currency. And they tell me to this day, they learned so much from that imaginative play. And they were ranging in age from literally like 14 or 15 on down. So it wasn't just little kids. It was older kids too. And it was just such a joy to see them being so creative. They, t- I didn't give them anything. They asked, I asked if they needed anything. They said, no, we're fine. They got out tarps and wood and, and they just foraged for what they needed. And you know what? That is being resourceful. Now you want to hear a a funny facet to this uh, idea of being resourceful is I would be in the house and doing whatever. And the youngest, no, the number six and seven would come in and they were probably maybe like eight and six. And they would come to me and they would look at me with their big eyes and they would say, can we have some extra snacks? because they didn't have a lot of skills to offer that little civilization, but they could get extra snacks out of mom and they would sell them to the other people, their siblings in the civilization. So what you can see from that is just a multiple number of things that those kids learned from that situation and from that experience. And this is what we want for our kids. They learn best like this in real life, in real life situations, even, and when I see real life situations, that includes imaginative play. They're out there doing and resourcing. That's real to them. And so I think we need to remember that often simplicity is so much better than a bunch of complicated expense and often expensive curriculums. So to answer the original question, what if I can't afford expensive curriculum? Here's my answer. It does not matter one iota. Moms, God is our provider. We can fully trust him to bring us exactly what our kids and we need. There is no need to fuss or fret over lack of funds, but rather take advantage of the opportunity to watch God work on you and your family's behalf. Moms, commit it all to prayer and see your God provide. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much for your goodness. I thank you that you can bring something out of nothing. That is the story of creation. You brought forth un, just un, an innumerable, countless amount of things simply by speaking them into being. And you spoke them into being out of nothing. So God, we know that we can trust you fully, fully, fully to provide everything that we need 
to homeschool our kids well. So I pray for every mom listening here and especially the moms who are low on funds. I pray, God, that they would see your mighty hand at work within the walls of their four homes or within the four walls of their homes and within the, the finances that you have given them. Lord, we thank you that you are a good and faithful God. In Jesus' name, amen.